Hey everyone, we are live for our Sunday weekly warm up here in the Teach Better Family exclusive Facebook group. We're so excited to welcome you into our last show. If you can believe it, I don't know how you feel about this. Is this kind of a bittersweet ending? We are concluding our programming as a Teach Better Family before a, a, a you know appropriate summer break that we're headed into. I know many of us have a week left of school or eight weeks left of school, but the Teach Better team typically takes a summer break for live stream programming. And then don't worry, we'll be back kicking up in the fall. So this will be a wonderful way to go out with a bang. Don't worry, all summer long, the Teach Better team will still be around and available just as always. You just won't be able to tune into new Sunday and Wednesday shows. But hey, for those of you listening on the Teach Better Talk podcast, you know you have over four years of content over there. So if you miss any of the Teach Better team faces, you will still be able to get it. We're going to be right back for our exclusive show. And we're so excited to go out with a bang with our wonderful guest, Abby. Bittersweet. I'm live with Brad Hughes. Brad, how you doing, friend? Doing great, Ray. Great to see you and great to welcome Abby into our space for our grand finale of the season of the Sunday weekly warm-up. Uh, how was your weekend, Ray? You know, my weekend was good. I did the appropriate uh, thing that we that you know many people typically do over the summer, which is like they totally burn the front side of their body. And then they're like, no, 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 now I'm going to overcompensate. And today I have successfully completely burned my back. So in case anyone's wondering, I will eventually be tan, but instead I'm a lobster if I turn around. (laughs) You're, uh, you're engaging in uh, the, the well, uh, the well, uh, hang on, you're you're engaging in the well-known tradition of just making sure that each side of you is, is well done. Just kind of like a, kind of like a self barbecue or, or rotisserie, maybe, right? It's true. And I'm sure one of you or somebody in the comments is going to be like, Ray, SPF, I know I wear it. I just need this reminder of being completely burned right as we get into the summer of, oh, yeah, you have to put that on all the time, even when you don't think you're going to be in the summer. Abby, I'm so excited you're live with us today. Will you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm coming live from Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, and I own a yoga studio, a coffee shop, a consulting business. I do all sorts of things. This weekend, I was in all places at once. We were out at a brewery for yoga, out at the farmer's market for acai bowls, at the studio for the coffee shop, went out to Chicago really quick for a proposal. I mean, we were all over the place. So I'm glad to be here tonight with you guys. Oh, man, you had a very active weekend. And I'm excited to dive into so many of the components you just briefly listed because there's a lot to learn there. Brad, were you in the lazy mode of getting a sunburn or were you like Abby and just like all over the place taking good care of your body? Well, talk about uh, getting our uh, Sunday weekly warm-up finale going out with a bang. This is our Victoria Day weekend here in Canada. So uh, right now I'm uh, coming to you live from the shores of Lake Huron. Uh, I'm I'm broadcasting al fresco. So I'm outside and uh, it's a little bit chilly, but the weather is lovely today, sunny, and we're absolutely in relaxed mode, lots of walks 
by the beach, taking a look at the lake, just uh, oh, just relaxing, crossword puzzles and reading and listening to music and games, and it's been a wonderful weekend. So I, I'm hoping that uh, be, I'm hoping we're wrapping up our broadcast before sunset because afterwards we'll have some fireworks and there'll be a real bang going off, and hopefully it won't interrupt our conversation with Abby. No way, Abby. I think we need to commit right now. We are staying for the fireworks, right? That sounds like a great start to the week. I love it. Well, hi, everyone in the comments. It's wonderful to see you. As a reminder, our Sunday show streams exclusive to our private group. So all the comments that are shared during this live stream get to be seen by everybody in our community. And I really enjoy that our community can come together and learn from one another, not only from those on screen, but also those in the comments. Abby, I know you've listed so many things you do. And we're going to get into a lot of different components of the work you do, how you can help educators, even if they're not in the Bloomington Normal area. Can you tell us a little bit, though, about how you got into this work? Like, how does one come to own a yoga studio? I just think that sounds like such a big endeavor, right, Brad? I mean, to be able to say, yeah. okay, I'm going to essentially start this business. I'm I'm going to you know, take on this big leap of faith. And also, I assume it must be a big passion. So tell us about that. There's a theme, I think, um, in my life that I'm realizing, which is when I see something that I want somewhere, I end up being the one to create it. So (laughs) um, all of the things that I listed essentially came to be because of that, seeing a gap in a service or in an opportunity, and then just jumping into that gap, mostly selfishly to start. So the yoga thing was, I wanted a place to practice power yoga in my community. And so we opened the yoga studio and then we wanted a place to have community around yoga. So we opened a coffee shop and, uh, that theme is consistent when I look at how I landed in all of these different places and spaces, but vision is a core value of mine. And so I can see very clearly what could fit into those things. Um, and I have lots of people in my corner helping me figure out the how of that. And then we just execute on it. And I, consistently say everything's just a gigantic experiment so it's like we'll just try it and see and um the things right now are working which is really I'm very grateful for that I love this mentality of seeing a desirable you know thing whether it's something that you want or something that you'd like to see or or a missing component that you'd like to see changed and being a part of the solution I think a lot of educators will find that relatable. Brad, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, 100%. I just love, uh, Abby, your, your take on entrepreneurship and, 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 and moving, the, moving the needle forward socially and educationally. It's all about activating your interests and you see an opportunity. And as Ray said, and as you, you, you agree in your line, in various lines of work, if you see a need, you're going to take the opportunity to make it happen. And educators do that naturally on a moment-to-moment basis. You, you, you see see the need, you meet the need, you fill that gap. And I'm excited to learn more and more about how you're taking on so many different things with so much success. Well, and Abby, what I really think is interesting is it's not just, oh, I want to get into power yoga and how do I do that? Or, oh, I really want a cup of coffee at a moment's notice. How can I get that? But it seems like you have a desire and then your desire takes you beyond getting it for yourself, but also giving it to others. Would you speak to that a little bit? Sure. That comes from the methodology of yoga that I practice and teach. And that is just being of service. And it's interesting because I think the pandemic 
did something to us that, that tried to convince us or trick us into isolation. And I think we're at this very important crossroads right now where we've kind of been conditioned to isolate now. And um, we're seeing the impact of that big time in terms of mental health and well-being. And now there's this call to action, which is like, okay, what are we going to do about this? Do we want to continue down this path of isolation or are we going to invite people into our circle? And um, everything is way better when you have other people with you who care about it too. So most of the time, it's just a, it's an open invitation to just like, come along and just do it with me, practice yoga with me, experiment in this way in a classroom with me. Um, but that being of service thing is just something that has become kind of intuitive in my line of work through yoga being the thread for that. I would love to challenge our community here in the comments as we're getting started today. We love seeing people comment. I would love, even if it's a funny one, I'd love to see some comments on something right now maybe you want. And I'd love to do some like reflection here. Like first off, we hope you get it. And if we can help you get whatever you want right now, let's do it. But the other element is, do you think there's somebody else that has that same desire? And is there any way for you to take one step in the direction of helping them get it? And Abby, what I think is important in this, and I'd love, I cannot wait to learn from you in this conversation, but it's not that you always have to be the solution for somebody else, but can you even just open the right door for somebody to get closer to what they desire? And I think that that's important educators. We, we often feel that like we have to do everything. And I think there's such beauty in even just being a part of the story or as part of the journey to help somebody get something that they want. I'm going to throw this at Brad. Brad, can you think of one thing, goofy or real, that you want right now? Uh, really, I, w- I want to hear more from Abby. because And, and I-, I want to say how grateful that I am that this is going to be recorded and shared out uh, more and more widely, this, there, there's so many little mic drop moments that Abby's left with, with you know, the, the idea of of serving yourself through service to others, uh, lighting your own fire by sharing both the responsibility and opportunity. That that's what I really want is is for all of our educators in our community to to recognize that you do have what it takes to go out and get what you want. You make the world a better and a brighter place just by being you, and and you're the irreplaceable ingredient in every interaction, every opportunity. And Abby, sounds like you've taken so many opportunities to make that happen for yourself and to bring others along along the way as well. I love it. Abby, how did you get into yoga and especially this, this mindset that you've obviously been working on? I started because I got hurt running. So I was training for a half marathon with my dad who had run many, many more miles than I had. And I ended up injuring myself and just started going to yoga classes and I just got really intrigued by the way that I felt after yoga, but also during it, it was the one place in my life where I felt like I could fail everywhere else. I had this immense pressure on my shoulders to like do it right or be perfect. And my yoga mat has consistently through all seasons of my life been the one spot where I'm like, it doesn't matter. I could fall out of tree pose. I could fall on my face in crow pose. I could look so silly. I could be sweaty and it doesn't matter because it's just me in my mat. And that, that practice became very interesting to me. Like the why, why was that the only place in my life? And we say at the yoga lab, your yoga mat is a laboratory for your life. So what you learn Mm. on your mat about yourself is likely showing up as a theme off of your yoga mat as well. And so 
that kind of methodology just became interesting to me and inviting other people into that inquiry as a safe place to challenge themselves um, in, a, in a way that it didn't matter if they failed. That has become an interesting thread of conversation for us. Love this. Can I jump in for a second? Because Abby, you said yoga lab, not necessarily yoga studio or yoga space, yoga lab. And, and language is so important. And I, I, I can't help but think that you craft and choose language so very carefully, yoga lab. It, it, tell me more about how you infuse that mentality of learning through practice into all of the spaces that you demonstrate leadership and service. Sure. So that theme of the laboratory for your life um, applies. I, so I do consulting in schools. I go in and support teams and building structures around social emotional learning. And there's nothing more vague and unclear than social emotional learning. It is this thing we aspire to and we, we think we have it. And then we, when we start in the work, it's super messy and unclear because it is an innately human work, human development. And so that mindset of not having the correct answer and not knowing exactly where this is going to go, but being willing to just jump in and try it and see what happens, but also with an intention. And that is something that, you know, yoga really uses in the practices. You're, you're not going in blind. You're not going in with this attitude of, oh, it doesn't matter what happens. You have alignment and you have safety and you have an intention in your yoga practice. And the same is true when you're setting up structures and systems for social emotional learning, you have a, you have guardrails on the work, but how that works for the people within it will shift and change. And it really is a matter of understanding the culture and, and establishing in some ways, the culture of experimentation and messiness and muddiness to get to some level of clarity. And then holding that clarity with a beginner's mind and saying, okay, I know this now, but probably something else is going to come along the layer on top of that, where it's going to be like, I thought I knew this and now that let's throw that thing out or let's layer on top of that thing, something else. So that mindset, it, it really applies in consulting. Although I would say most structures in schools aren't set up for that, allowing that space a lot of times. And so it can be challenging to kind of teach people into that without the physical practice of yoga, because I don't teach yoga in schools. It's a separate experience. So trying to, use other um, options or modalities aside from the physical practice can be a little bit challenging. You know, Abby, I'm really excited to get into the work you're doing with schools and educators because I know your background is in education, which is such a beautiful thing that you've been able to bring and a perspective you've been able to bring to the work you're doing now and to be able to serve others. So we'll be right back and let's dive into our discussion. We are live for our Sunday weekly warm up, and we are getting into some good conversation here with the one and only Abby Lyons. She has shared already so many mic drop moments. I know Brad and I are just eating up these different perspectives that we can carry, and we so appreciate all the comments thus far. You know that we always love hearing from you. Brad, we were just getting started in picking Abby's mind on her mindset and the work that she's doing in schools has come up a lot. What are your thoughts on how we can get started? I would love to hear more about Abby, your, your journey in, in seeing the mess 
as an inevitable and necessary step to getting things clear. And sometimes things have to be messy before they get clear. But I think in our schools and our households and our communities, there's a, there's a real mismatch between the worry and the upset and the maybe the stress around the mess, whether it's messy thoughts, messy space. Um, we want things to be clear. We want things to be, we want to be teaching what we need to teach. We want kids to be learning what they need to learn. So how have you reckoned with that, I guess, mismatch between being in the mess and giving ourselves permission that it'll get clear, but we have to make the mess first. I have to give a caveat first because I want to be authentic. I don't do this well in my personal life. So I just want to say that, that that exists as a separate thing. And we're speaking only about professional um, opportunities here because it, I think one thing that allows me to see that is that I'm outside of it. So I come into schools for a very short period of time I process through that mess with them as an outsider. And then I go back and I process over here and reflect and then come back. When you're in it, in the mess of it, um, what we know about dysregulation and regulation is that sometimes there is too much mess to be okay in the mess. That there is too many stressors, too many um, opportunities for dysregulation that dysregulation becomes the baseline. So there is value, I think, in noting that there is a threshold for mess and being able to know that about yourself, to have an internal barometer to say, okay, I've been in this conversation for too long or in this mess for too long. Let me take a step back, reflect, process, have some space, and then come back is an important component of it. And that almost, I would say, is the avenue to being okay with it, is the perspective on it. It's like if I can macro view my way up, what does the 30,000 foot view look like? That gives you the tolerance then to go back into the mess. So I don't know if I answered your question, Brad, but I did want to provide that perspective that what I'm not advocating for is some sort of um, disillusioned, you know, okay with chaos, let's just feel our way through this thing. I thought that was a fantastic answer. I, I love not only your authenticity, but how you are, you know, just naming your positioning yourself as a consultant, helping people get from point A, and you know, that's what the teach better mindset perspective is all about: is is figuring out where we are and how we can be a little bit better today than yesterday, and, and tomorrow than today. And and Ray, let let's keep talking the, about uh, shifting from mess to clarity. I mean, just I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I think it is not only important mindset, but a very clear message. I love the way you've shared it. I, I think that I struggle with accepting the mess. And I think there's an element of hope with this approach that with the mess will come clarity. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel, which I very, very much appreciate and value. Um, as I'm thinking through your ability to come into a school, I think you also highlight the benefits of being able to bring in somebody from the outside to work with schools. I think more often than not in the last five, 10 years, it's been very appropriate to celebrate that there's so much knowledge and learning that exists in our schools. And there is, gosh, we should be learning from our colleagues consistently. But there's some beauty here of being able to recognize, oh, it's so nice to have somebody coming in from the outside, possibly seeing something that I don't, I don't know and uh, that I can't see because I'm so deep in it. Yeah, and I think there's a level of candidness that I can have in those conversations 
um, to push the boundaries, or as I say it from my yoga world, disrupt the drift. There's a drift in a culture, a drift in a conversation that starts to occur that just becomes the norm. And until you have someone who has a different perspective or a different um, expertise, or even just a different lens on to see, okay, tell me more about that. Not to criticize it, not to say it's wrong, but just to ask the questions that maybe you don't have access to because you can't see it because it's just too normal. I mean, in every other industry, folks have consultants and to come and work with teams. In our life, we have people, we have, you know, a personal trainer, we have a therapist, we have a friend, we have a boss, all of these different perspectives on our life to help us frame things up. I think sometimes we get caught up in, oh, no, we need help. There's something wrong with us. And it's like, no, that's exactly where we are as people. We need perspective. It's such a challenging element of perspective, right, Brad? You and I have talked a lot about this, I feel like, over the last few months, is how, as educators, when we don't always have the resources or support, continue to gain perspective. And Abby, I know we connected, uh, you know, a few months ago to be able to just to learn from each other. And I think this is a beautiful element for us to think about at the end of May, Many of our teachers are wrapping up the school year, or at least they have just maybe six to eight weeks left. I, I think perspective is a wonderful way to kind of wrap up the season we're in. What are your thoughts on that, Brad? Having trusted friends and colleagues that you can rely on to not only lift you up and boost you in your practice, but but also to have the hard conversations with that loving but direct perspective is absolutely key, especially as we reflect on all we've accomplished and all that we you know, want to accomplish as we you know, meet the end of the school year with positivity and, and openness and hope, uh, but also taking steps in our own personal development as well. Uh, Abby, I, I love that perspective that there, you, you can't go through life alone. Uh, and there's, uh, there's so many opportunities as educators where we really feel that we are slogging through the mess uh, alone. Uh, our, our classrooms, although they're connected by hallways, can be very, very lonely places, especially as the work becomes more and more challenging. So I, I'm just so refreshed and excited about your perspective that it, it, it takes a village it, and that village starts with, you know, one, one neighbor in your village who can, who can be, your, uh, uh, be your companion uh, through the mess and through the successes as well. Are there common questions or you feel like common strategies, Abby, that you feel like you recommend to educators frequently that maybe we could share here with our Teach Better community to be a little bit better in the multitude of areas I know that you continue to support people in? Yes, there's one that is consistent no matter what area we're talking about, and that is regulate, relate, and reason. So that comes from Bruce Perry. And he talks about the sequence of engagement that our brain works from bottom to top. And you have to be regulated in order to relate, in order to reason. So actually the yoga studio is set up that way. So people come in to do yoga to regulate, they drink coffee to relate. And then we have a space in the back called the lab that is a workshop space where they reason. And my trainings, any trainings that I do for schools, all of them follow that exact sequence, which it's undeniable. Dr. Perry always says you have to follow the rules of the brain. And I think for on an individual level, if folks can take an inventory and audit of their day and say, at what times am I regulating? At what times am I relating? And at what times am I reasoning? I would go out on a limb to say most of the day we're, we're 
heavy on the reasoning and light on the relationship and light on the regulation. And so having a clear picture of your day, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Like you don't have to come to yoga. I Yoga may not be everyone's cup of tea and that is absolutely fine as long as they have something in their life that supports their regulation. And the one reason I do really love yoga is because it does both things, regulation and relationship when you're in a community of people breathing and connecting. Um, but I think taking an audit of their life, even of the way that they structure their classroom environments, or if it's a leader facilitating a meeting, how, how are you structuring it to follow the rules of the brain so that you can guarantee, or at least do your best to guarantee that people have the most access to their thinking brain. Those conversations are going to go a lot further for you if you can follow that sequence. I feel like that would be an incredible little, little small challenge to share with our community sometime this week, maybe as soon as tomorrow, can you jot down what your day looks like and fit these into these categories? I would love to hear some follow-up, Abby, by either them sharing it with you. I would love also Brad and I to be included and just kind of see that percentage. Like I'm kind of going through my, my day and Yes, there is a lot of that third component, but then I'm also thinking about coming home and hugging loved ones and spending time, you know, outside with the dogs and okay, so that's a different category. Like, how could we really section these out? I can only imagine that's such a valuable little activity you're able to do with educators when you're working on trainings. Yeah, there's a lot to that too, understanding what actually regulation means, right? It's not just the ability to be calm. It's the ability to modulate your experience of your inner world and your outer world, which doesn't always look like calm. And so having a sense of what your baseline is and how you can wake up in the morning feeling regulated and then be able to maintain that, not by gripping and, you know, having control over every component of your life, but being able to ride the waves of the day. That's really important too, as we're working with students being that regulated adult for them that can buffer the stress that they're experiencing in their lives too. Yeah, yeah, and Abby, you're bringing so together so many powerful strategies to to model the regulation that our kids and our colleagues need. But when I, when I think about the connections with yoga, I think about the physical flexibility that you're building. But I also think about the personal and the emotional flexibility that is part of that space as well. I mean, we we can't regulate someone. We we can't develop self regulation in others unless we're well-regulated ourselves. And sometimes it's called sharing our calm or, you know, uh, emotional flexibility or, or, or pendulation, the ability to kind of swing and, and, and moderate and, and, and self-modulate, you know, the, the ebb and flow of our day, including strong emotions. And I, I just think it's so powerful that you've woven a yoga practice, uh, personal and self-development, uh, as well as, as the knowledge of, uh, of you, you can't trick the brain into going further than it needs to. And I think of all the time that we spend, uh, as educators or parents or caregivers talking kid or trying to talk kids out of dysregulation. It, we can't do that. We, we have to, we have to meet that brain where it is. We have to regulate first. We have to come alongside and maybe it's just sit or companion or listen or soothe or reassure before we get to the words. It, incredible perspectives, Abby. You know, I, Abby, I know we're going to wrap up our conversation here in a minute, but you know, a lot of our community here will hear these ideas, get excited about the opportunity to learn about this to help themselves and help their students and their colleagues around them. And they'll be very hungry for resources. So do you have either resources you personally share or 
favorite resources that you've been able to learn from others with that you can share with our community here? I know that so many educators will be looking for their next read or their next podcast to listen to. And I think this could be a good opportunity for all of us. Sure. I'm going to just say one resource as not to bombard people. And I really want this to land. So what happened to you by Bruce Perry and Oprah? That is the book. That is the book to read, to pick up this summer, to share with your friends. I promise you, if you read it, you will hand it to like 10 other people in your circle because it is a community effort to get regulated. So you'll want the folks in your life to also understand that information too. Brad, I'm feeling a book study. Feeling a book study. Come on. I, I am so excited about that. Uh, not only am I familiar with and want to dig more into Dr. Perry's work, but, uh, but Abby, the, the, the concept and the conversation around emotional literacy uh, has been something that's been popping up in a lot of our different lives and conversations behind the scenes is, is getting comfortable with expressing and naming and articulating what we're feeling and experiencing so that we can build a network of others within our homes or schools or communities that are more and more comfortable doing the same thing. That's a tremendous resource. And I've got to give you huge props about saying, hey, there's so much out there. Start here and then see where it goes. That's a great pick from Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry. Mm, So powerful. We'll be right back for a weekly giggle. Brad, you knew there was no way we were going to wrap up our Sunday weekly warm up for our summer break without a weekly giggle. There's no way it would happen. Well, Ray and Abby, I, I'm delighted. I, I, I want your help tonight and, and maybe the help uh, from our guests who are joining us live in our exclusive Facebook group. I, I need your help to paint me a picture. I need you to paint me a picture tonight. Tell me what is special or unique or remarkable or memorable about your hometown. Maybe we can get started with Abby. What's, what's, what's remarkable or notable about uh, normal Illinois? I know, Abby, good luck. That was, he put you on the spot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a company here called Rivian. They're an electric vehicle company. Oh. And uh, I don't really want to say too much before people just go look them up, but they are doing incredible things here. And it is very notable. It is my favorite car company of all time because of my time in Bloomington Normal. And literally, it's a game in my house. There are two Rivians that live in Naperville that we've seen on the road. And every time we like are cheering, oh my God, that's so cool. Go look up Rivian. I will say, Abby, I not inappropriately, but I kind of think they're the ugliest car in the world that I just love to death. I just they're very functional, very, very functional vehicles. Yes, I love it. Hannah's shouting out that her school uh, is the pretzels, which is the best mascot ever. That's so fun. Yeah, I'd, I'd I, say uh, I'd say Abby and Hannah and Ray, whether you're if you're giddy about the Rivian vehicle or if you're giddy about pretzels, because that's what makes your hometown. I've I've got an exciting, uh, ex- exciting story to share with you about a small town in Italy that's giddy with excitement that it appears in the background of the world's most famous portrait. That's right. The Mona Lisa. And this comes to us from goodnewsnetwork.org. And I'm excited to share that the Tuscan town of Laterina is thrilled that an Italian historian has determined that a bridge that can be seen in the backdrop of Leonardo da Vinci's famous Mona Lisa is actually from their area. They use drone photographs and historical records of da Vinci's whereabouts 
and they were able to determine that their hometown, Latarina in Tuscany, is actually part of the background of the Mona Lisa. So, you know, whatever makes you giddy about your hometown, uh, please know that there's a, a town in Italy that's celebrating that they are in the background of probably the world's most famous portrait, guys. That's quite a reputation, right? That's a cool fun fact for everyone to use in that community. That's awesome. That's incredible. You know, before we log off, I do have to say, Brad, I just literally, Wednesday, Sunday, two days ago, Friday night, bought tickets to officially see the Mona Lisa while I'm oh, traveling this summer. Incredible. So I am, I'm very excited to now have that fun fact that I will be sharing with every single person I see. <laughs> yeah. And I'd encourage you, whatever the tour guide is saying at that moment, just shove them out of the way and say, Hey, did you know that's Latarina in the background? I heard that yes. on the Sunday weekly warm up, and here's the URL you can that's you just take over just take over the tour <laughs> well and i'll have to obviously po point them to this episode i'll be like brad hughes is you know the host and moderator abby lyons was the guest and she was amazing and had all these good insights so amazing this is right be the, yeah. the fun fact of the summer it'll be so fun <laughs> abby what do you have yeah. planned over the summer um i am working through june and then taking july off i have a trip to Florida coming up in about a week. So a little quick break and then just tons of outside events, farmers markets, yoga classes. I'm excited about the summer. I love it. Brad, I know we're wrapping up our summer programming, but the team is not getting rid of us. Like Brad and I will still be very much around. Brad, do you have one element of your summer plans that you can share with our community here? Well, in addition to uh, the summer book study on the book uh, that Abby recommended, I think that is an absolute go. Candace is, Candace is on board. Uh, the huge highlight for us, uh, Ray and Abby, is a, a cruise uh, around the UK. So we're flying into Am Amsterdam in mid-July, uh, and uh, we're going to be cruising uh, for 11 days with uh, eight different stops around the United Kingdom. Uh, and uh, we're going to have an amazing time uh, touring and getting uh, our dose of history, cuisine, uh, but also a lot of pop culture. We're going to be going on to a Game of Thrones set, uh, as well as visiting the the uh, the area where the series Highlander is made. So we're going to have a, a full dose of the UK, and we're going to have an awesome time. Ugh, wow. So fun. I really appreciate all of our community for tuning into the Sunday Weekly Warm Up. This has been a wonderful show that Brad and I were so thrilled to support the team in launching. We started in August. We've gone all, all school year. And now we're wrapping up our last show, celebrating the fact that, you know, next fall we'll be launching something new, most likely. So if you guys have any suggestions or ideas of uh, content that you'd love to see from the Teach Better team, not only over the summer, like book studies and webinars and all those other fancy things we'll do, but things over the fall to make sure that we are still creating spaces to be here as a community. I'm so excited to hear from you and I hope you choose to reach out to us. Abby, would you mind before we go sharing how people can stay connected to you and continue to learn about the incredible work you're not only doing in Bloomington Normal, but for educators all over. Sure. The best way to reach me is at yogalab.bn on Instagram. That is guaranteed. I'm on DMs all the time there. So that would be the most reliable way to reach out. Wonderful. Brad, I would love if you could give us any final fabulous words before we head into the Teach Better Team live stream summer break. Any final thoughts here we can leave our, our friends with? Just what a delight it has been to connect uh, with Abby Lyons tonight and of course uh, weekly with you, Ray Hewitt. Uh, this, it, this continues to be the highlight of my week. Uh, I believe so much in, uh, in this 
space and in, in growing community along with you. So I, I feel really, really privileged and I love and appreciate uh, both of you so much for the opportunity to be with you tonight and look forward to more great things to come in the fall season. Make sure to go connect with Abby and the incredible work she's doing. Brad and I will see you all very, very soon. Please don't be a stranger. Have a wonderful week ahead, to, uh, ahead friends. Love you. Thank you. Thank you.